here, but it seemed like it's been a long time yes. since we've had Sunday morning service, and uh, I know we only missed one, but it's, it's, it's been a long time. But anyway, let's just get in and see what God's got for us. We appreciate Caleb and his good wife for doing the Sunday school, and so we're going to turn it over to them and let them have their part. Come on. You know, uh, there used to, we used to sing it sometimes about being an old-fashioned Christian. You know? And uh, I really learned to love that song when I was in my late 20s and early 30s. Mm-hmm. An old-fashioned 
I associate that old-fashioned type as being a genuine. The one that's always serving God. Doesn't matter where you find them, they're just the same all the time. That's what I want to be, an old-fashioned Christian. Amen. But uh, we do appreciate you coming and being with us and uh, looking forward to what God's got for us here this morning. Uh, this morning, Brother Robert did an excellent job on our Sunday school lesson. I'm sure Teresa did. Uh, got kind of different uh, literature going on all around. And so and, uh, I know that uh, the children's class is preparing for next week. What's next week? Oh, I thought it was uh, next week. Oh, well, I'm in trouble. It is Palm Sunday. Okay, it won't hurt anything. All right, but uh, anyway, I know that uh, they're working toward... Resurrection Sunday. The new covenant. The Passover. The most important day of Christians' experience. Or I, I get they, they use this terminology, the most high and holy day for us. Because that's the time that Jesus died, buried, and rose again. Some of you youngins might say, well, Sunday's not the Sabbath. And you're right. Sunday is not the Sabbath. But Sunday is the first day of the week. And as Christians, we worship Jesus Christ. And the reason for our worshiping on Sunday is because that's the day He arose. Woo! Glory to God. I'm so glad. Amen. We do not serve a dead God, but we serve a God who is alive, who hears us, amen, and attends to us and loves us so very much. I appreciate the Lord. And so we're just going to get right on in. I'm, we're going to start off with the boring stuff. I'm going to get uh, uh, Brother Otis to come and receive our morning tithe and offering. And then after that, we'll have Teresa come and, and have us a song. <laughs> Lord, we thank you today for your goodness to us. We thank you for your mercy. We appreciate the good day. We appreciate the opportunity to come to your house to worship Yes. You. What a blessing that it is, Lord. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. I'm, I just love you, Lord. I love your people. And I want to do your will. Lord, at this time, this is an important time of the service. We ask you to bless with the offering. Help us all to give, Lord, to give from our heart. We pray. Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. Amen.
I'd like to thank the Lord for everything that he's done for us. And I'm not talking about me, my family, but for us. If you look around, this is another opportunity we get to be in his house. Amen. Yes. It says in this building, this is the Lord's house. Amen. This is where he dwells. And he pushes out his presence from inside these walls to the rest of the world. And it's such a great opportunity for us to be able to come and worship in a place that he calls home. It feels good to be able to say, hey, you know what? We weren't here for a couple of weeks, but look. Look at where we're at now. Look at what the Lord has done for us once again. He continues and continues and continues to give us the blessings that we, that we don't necessarily deserve. But he said that he would give to us. And I'd just like to say that, you know, for me, while we were gone, I struggle a little bit every time I'm not here. Yeah. It's easy to get in when you're on a consistent pattern and you, right. and you walk into church and everything's the same and you get kind of like Brother Robert was in, talking about in church uh, or in Sunday school a little bit. But yeah. you get into that, that normal pattern of life where it's just repetitiveness after repetitiveness and, and redundancy kicks in and... Complacency kicks in. You know what? Being outside, I did get something that I didn't necessarily deserve, but man, it was a nice blessing. You know, I, I started to struggle a little bit from not being here, leaving to go to Kansas. Then I come back. I'm here one time, and they shut it down again. And it's like, man. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm ready to go back there next Sunday. And then it gets shut down again. And I'm like, oh man, I'm really, really, I'm, I'm like fiending. I need this. I need yeah. to need yeah. it. Addiction. But in between those little spurts, yeah. the Lord put something in my way. Yeah. He would, I'd go to somebody's lawn, and what would happen? I'm not joking. I spent 35 minutes talking to this man about the Lord. Wow. And, it, and I told him right before I left, I said, you know what? You may have needed this, but I needed this too. Yeah. And the Lord knows that. You know, when we were talking about the, the you know, because he was struggling a little bit, and I'm, I'm sorry I'm long-winded here, but he was talking about the struggles and how it's hard for him because he's trying to live a Christian life. He's a single father. His, his wife had left him, and he's struggling because everyone around him is judging him, and he's trying to do the Christian thing. And I said, you know, you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about that. And I, I simply said, do you remember the story about the woman who was caught in the middle of adultery? Yeah. And he said, whichever one of you is free from sin, cast the first stone. He said, don't worry about what all these other people are saying. Right. Do what the Lord is telling you to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because if we do that, he'll, he'll make sure that we're taken care of, just like we are this morning, being able to be right here with him in the house. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord.
child of God. Amen. And uh, I do appreciate His uh, Spirit and I appreciate the opportunity to preach. You know, uh, uh, I know some of you has been testified already that some are uh, uh, somewhat addicted to church. That's a good addiction. And uh, and uh, and I have to say that I enjoy uh, preaching. And I, it's part of my worship is preaching. And so uh, it's been a little while before I've been able to, uh, you know, you, some can shout and jump and run around. That's, that's good, but part of my worship is preaching. Amen. And so if you have your Bibles here this uh, morning, we're going to try to get into uh, this and truly, folks, we are so very blessed. I, I, I want to say one thing to you. I've had a bad year. Some of you can't see me. I've got a smile on my face. But I've had a bad year. I did. I had a heart attack at the first of the year. A stint. And then my best four-legged friend passed away just recently. You know, but you know what? I'm still going on. I did ask my wife, I said, we, I need to get out of this house. Huh? Everywhere I turned, I saw Davey, you know? You know how that is. So we got out of the house, you know? We took some time off. We had a good time together, me and my wife. And uh, we enjoyed it, but never once. Never once in all that time did I think about looking back. Never once did we turn on the television in the motel room to look at what might be showing. Never once did I pick up my, my phone and think about downloading Angry Birds or something like that. Huh? Come on. Never once. Because even though I might have lost my life the first of the year, and I lost my puppy dog, huh? You say he's just a dog. Well, no. you just don't know. <laughs> but uh, still, I got Jesus. Amen. 
I mean, I, folks, I've done made up my mind years ago when I was going to serve God. Amen. I know some of y'all are polite and good to me because there are some things you just really don't see. You know, you don't, I don't see that. I don't see why you got to do that, you know. Uh, I've been trying to instill in some of our younger preachers about the white shirts. You know, there's no sin in wearing a colored shirt. I like colored shirts. They say, well, why do you always preach in a white shirt? I say, well, because the good guys always wear white shirts. And the bad guys always wear black shirts. Huh? Hello, am I telling you right? Come on. So anyway, well, think about it. The mullahs wear black, don't they? Huh? The priests wear black, don't they? Yeah. All right. Let's wear white. Okay. He's not preaching this morning. He can wear that. No, I'm kidding. I, 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 I'm just playing with all y'all. You don't have to wear white. I'm not giving you guys permission, but still, I prefer. Anyway, let's get into the sermon this morning. All right. Help me, Lord, this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 9. And if you would, drop down to uh, with me to verse 20. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we will be uh, celebrating the, uh, the resurrection day of Jesus Christ. And so uh, to build a little foundation toward that, I'd like for us to talk here this morning about the blood. So starting in verse 20, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by, law, by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission. It is therefore necessary that the patterns of the things of the heavens should be purified with these things, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us nor yet uh, that he should offer himself often as the high priest enter into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord Jesus, we do thank you. We thank you, Lord, for this wonderful world and the wonderful things that you have created in this world. For all of the, the, uh, the things that point toward you, 
the very nature points toward you. And Lord, here this morning, we want to talk about that precious blood. And Lord, we thank You for the blood. And we thank You for that great sacrifice. And we thank You, Lord, that it has been allowed to be applied to each and every one of our hearts. Now here this morning, I pray that You would anoint me, Lord, with Your Holy Ghost. And Lord, help us to speak those words, Lord, that You would have me to speak and that You would touch hearts and lives here this morning. And Lord, if there are those who are here that don't know You, I pray, Lord, that this morning would be a change and that, Lord, they would see You and come unto You and accept this great sacrifice upon their lives. Bless us, we pray, in Your blessed and holy and righteous and wonderful name, that name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. The blood. Here in these Scriptures that I read to you, the first Scripture in uh, uh, verse 20, it said, The blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. A testament. Are you a partaker of the testament? Not necessarily of the Lord's Supper, but of the testament. The covenant. The reason for the books in our Bible from Matthew to Revelation, it is called the New Testament. It, uh, in some ways, abolished some of the old, but in truth, it fulfilled the old and established the new. No longer do you have to be born with the blood of the patriarchs flowing through your veins. But now you can be born into the family of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so here we see that uh, uh, blood is so very important. Uh, in verse 22 it says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. They are cleansed with blood. Now when it talks about all things, it talks about all things that are holy. All things that are sanctified. All things that have been dedicated unto the Lord. They must be purged with blood. And it says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. We're familiar with the remission of cancer. We're, uh, we, we understand that kind of stuff. But we need to understand here, this is talking about something worse than cancer. Yeah. It's talking about sin. Yeah. So without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There is no killing. There is no extracting. There is no pulling it out. There is no covering of sin, but with blood. Too many times we in America in our modern days, we want to get away from the old doctrines. You remember what uh, Moses' wife said to him whenever he, she saved his life? She said, thou art a bloody husband. I want to tell you something, folks. Christianity is still a bloody religion. We no longer make blood sacrifices because any blood sacrifice that would be made by Jew, Gentile, heathen, whoever it is, 
Those blood sacrifices are of naught. They do not mean a thing with God anymore. Only the blood sacrifice that was made by Jesus. And so, why did Jesus come for that? In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 4, it said, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Folks, sin brings forth death. Sin. You have sin. You have iniquity. You have transgressions. Sin. Missing the mark. Iniquity. Being of guilt. But really and truly it talks about being twisted. The root word of iniquity happens to be the same uh, root word that you get the word rope or the twisted rope. It means something that's been twisted. And then you have transgression, which in many places through the Scriptures talks about being rebellious against God. Knowing God has said, don't do it, but doing it anyway. Here in these Scriptures that I just read, where uh, uh, Eve said to the serpent, ye shall not surely die. That was a transgression. She knew that God had said, don't do it. Don't do it. You know, um, we mentioned a little bit about addiction. And I hope that the Lord, I hope you are addicted to Jesus. Uh, I really do. I hope that you can't go a day without talking to Him. I hope you can't go a day without thinking about Him. I hope you can't go a day without trying to please Him and worship Him and tell Him how great He is and how wonderful. I hope you are addicted to Him because if you are not addicted to Him, you're going to stray. And that's what happens. You know? And uh, so here in these scriptures is talking to us about the importance of that blood. Um, In Isaiah 59, starting in verse 1, it said, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that he cannot hear, it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid His face from you that He will not hear. God has promised to answer our prayers. Come on. I can't remember exactly what brought that up uh, uh, This when you were teaching this morning, but in my mind... Uh, oh, talking about Nicodemus being born of the water and of the Spirit. Uh, I'm reminded of several stories that I've read over the last several years of Jews who have been faithful to the Jewish religion. They, they didn't eat pork. They didn't do all the things they were told to do. And how uh, one particular case that I read from New York, how this one particular man, he was the boss man and his secretary, was a Christian. 
And she would tell him all the time about how God answered her prayers and how God helped her or how God had healed her. And he went home one day and he said, he got to praying because you know Jews do pray. Hello? Muslims pray. Buddhists pray. Huh? But there's a difference with a Christian. And so he went home and this uh, Jewish man, he began to pray. He said, Lord, he said, I've been serving you all these years. And he said, I can't think of you answering one of my prayers. And I got this little Gentile girl working for me who says she's a Christian. And she, you answer all of her prayers. Lord, what is it? Why is it? Surely it's not because of that one named Jesus. And when he mentioned the name Jesus in his prayer, he said something began to burn in his heart. And he began to pray and he said, Lord, is that you? Have I been praying wrong all these years? And he began to pray unto the Lord and he heard him and he became saved. And so, why does God not hear our prayers? Well, generally, if you are a Christian, it's one of two things. He doesn't hear your prayer if you are asking amiss. Or if you're asking for something that you don't need to have. Or He doesn't answer your prayer because there may be sin in your life. Okay? I'm going to tell you something, folks. God answers prayer. God answers prayers. The devil came to me when I was holding my baby, his form in my arms, and the devil came to me and said, whoever that one was that hit him with the car, and I said, no, they didn't mean to hit him. Hello? I forgive them. You know? You ever notice how the devil always wants to come to you in a time to put the blame on somebody else? Always? Huh? You know? You know who I figured out really the two most blamable people were for Davy's death? Me, because I let him out. Hello? But you know what? I got to thinking. He didn't like for me to keep him on a leash. Every time I put the shock collar on him, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? He wouldn't go nowhere. He'd just stay there. I couldn't do that. Davy's fault? Huh? He always was too slow crossing the street. Come on. Couldn't put blame on anything. When you are being tried, when you are not praying like you should, you're always looking to see who you can put that blame on. Oh, but Jesus came and He shed His blood upon Calvary. It is that blood that transforms us. It is that blood that changes us. Amen. God is able to change us. Amen. And uh, really and truly, 
I like what Paul says. Know ye not that your bodies are the temples of God? And so we realize that our iniquities, they separate us from God. And our iniquities hide His face from us that He will not hear from us. He goes on and says, your hands are defiled with blood. It can be both physical blood and spiritual blood. Be careful what you say to sinners. You might just give them a spur to help them hate Christianity more instead of encouraging them to get saved. It goes on, it says, your fingers with iniquity. We talked about what iniquity is. It's a depraved action, a crime, a sin, a result of twisted uh, actions. And then it says, it goes on, your lips have spoken lies, untruths. Can I tell you something? A half-truth is a lie. Okay? A white lie will send you to hell just as much as a black lie will. A lie is a lie. Your tongues have muttered perverseness. Do you mutter under your lips? What are you saying there? What are you saying under... No, never mind. Oh. So you can't repeat what you said under your breath. Huh? That bad? Perverseness. The disposition to cross or vex. Intractableness. In other words, hard-headedness. Crossness of temper. A disposition uncomplying unaccommodating or acting in opposition to what is proper or what is desired by others. Perverseness. I don't want to be perverse. I've had to tell my wife several times over the last little while, honey, forgive me, I'm a little grumpy. Hello? You know what's better, men, than having to eat crow with a lot of Catch up on it. Uh-huh. Just don't be grumpy. Right. All right. And then it goes on and says, None call it for justice, nor any plead for truth. They trust in vanities and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. Why do we say all that? Because... Too many times we say, I hadn't done anything wrong. Really? We need to think about our actions. What have we said? What have we said to others? What have you said when nobody else is around listening? You know, you may think nobody hears you, but God hears you. You say, but but, you know, uh, I really didn't say anything wrong. What I said was the truth. Be careful. We need to be careful how we speak the truth. Right. Truth, like the sword, the Word of God, it can either bring life or it can bring death. Right. We're to bring life. Right. 
Amen. Paul even mentions in a couple of places, he said, we're to bless and curse not. And you might say, well, I don't curse anybody, but if you tell somebody, you're an old sinner, I know you're going to hell. That's a curse. Okay? We must be careful. We must be careful. When was the first sacrifice? When was the first shedding of blood? In Genesis 3 and 21, it said, And unto Adam and to, un, and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. In Genesis 3 and 21, the first shedding of blood. The first shedding of blood to cover the sin and the nakedness of man and woman. All the way back there. And so uh, it goes on. Uh, so we, there's this flesh and blood. I want to tell you something now. Folks, your blood is different than the blood of the animals. Okay? Your blood is more like, but a long way from, the blood of God. Do you know God had blood? Do you know God had blood? Because He shed it on the cross. And it was a perfect blood. It was a blood that had no sin and no guile in it. It was a, a blood that had never had to say, forgive me, Father. Never! It was a perfect blood. And it was a perfect sacrifice. We're approaching Passover. A wonderful time. It's a time that really the Scripture talks like it's going to be celebrated for eternity. Even afterwards. And it's not just because of the Exodus Passover, but it's also because of the New Testament Passover where Jesus shed His blood for us. Do you realize how important that blood is? I believe in wickedness. I don't partake in it, but I believe in it. I believe in all kind of things that are out there. Demonic forces. Witchcraft. I believe in all that. But I want to tell you something. It does not scare me. The reason it does not scare me is because I've been covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! That blood, though it was a liquid form in a spiritual form, amen, it protects me against all things that are out there. Amen. That does not mean I won't die because it's appointed unto me once to die and I don't know when that time is. (laughs) But it protects me. That's why I'm proud of y'all. Y'all go down into the worst neighborhoods of Bullock County. Y'all go down into those neighborhoods and uh, uh, they're doing drug deals. There are murderers around sometimes. There are people who are are just all... And y'all are not scared. We've taken new people from church here down there and some of them say uh, I think I'll stay in the car 
Well, if you're not covered by the blood, it's probably a good place to stay. Hello? But if you're covered by the blood, that blood of Jesus Christ will help us. It will protect us. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you something. If you're doing a work for God, the de- Satan is not going to overcome you in that work. Hello? He's not going to do that. So, I'm trying to hurry. Exodus 12 and verse 6. And ye shall keep it unto the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. <clears throat> and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the side post and on the upper uh, doorpost of the house, <coughs> uh, wherein they shall eat it. Drop down to verse 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night. Notice it wasn't the angel of death. It said, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. The same God that loves us is also the one that hates sin. The one that promises heaven, He also promises hell. And I want to tell you, I don't care what the devil whispers in your ear or what you may think you can come up with. The Lord is willing to say all. Not some, but all. Amen. There's not a a race on this earth. There is not a creature on this earth that walks on two legs and has a heart and skin. Doesn't matter what color. Doesn't matter what's on it. Amen. God is willing to say all. Only those who have blasphemed against the Holy Ghost cannot be saved. And you wouldn't be in church today if you had. So, this blood. Symbolic uh, over in Exodus. Taking the blood. Now this wasn't any blood. How many have ever saw those cute little sheep? Huh? Oh, those cute little one-year-old sheep. Lambkins. Or goatkin. They're little young sheep. They're so cute. And I don't know about you, uh, Teresa's offered to, there's, thank y'all for helping me try to find a pet, by the way. But uh, some have offered to bring a pet by. I don't want no pet in my house until I pick the one I want. And the reason for that is, it don't take long for my heart to get attached. Here, the Jews were to take, all of Israel, they were to take a one-year-old a lamb or a goat, a male of the first year and bring them into the house and live with them for four days. Now if you had a little sheep, I ain't so sure about the lambs, but sorry, the goats, but uh, the lambs, oh man. Cuddle up with them. Huh? 
You say, ooh, you want to cuddle up with a lamb. Hey, wool. Most of you probably are wearing something that's got wool in it right now. Huh? <clears throat> so anyway, but after four days, they were to take it and kill it yeah. and catch that blood. It will break your heart. You say, Brother Jeff, that is so sad. That's exactly the reason the Lord uses this. To break your hard heart. To help you to realize how awful your sins are. That your sins require blood. Your sins require blood to be sprinkled so that your sins can be washed away and cleansed. And then you take that 1,800 years later, somewhere around that, 1,300 years later, and you got the precious man named Jesus who never did nobody no wrong. He only helped. He only encouraged. He healed. He saved wicked people out of the hands of evil uh, so-called religious people. And they took Him because He was a great man. And He was a great prophet. And He was the best rabbi there could be. But also because He was the Son of Man. They took him and beat him mercilessly. Right to the point of death. That blood being shed. His back. So it would look like hamburger meat on his back. You say, Brother Jeff, that's really gross. That's what he done for you. He took your beating. That's what we deserve. Yeah. <clears throat> Brother Jamie mentioned the game that they played down when they dressed him up uh, as a king. Uh, they would blindfold him and then they would take their fists and just as hard as they could, they would knock Jesus in the face. Many times they said it would break a nose and break a, a jaw and break out teeth. Uh, they'd be a bloody mess. And so they'd hit them one time and then they'd unblindfold them. All you could see was stars that got hit so hard. You ever been hit that hard? And everyone hold their fist out and say, tell us who hit you and we'll let you go. They'd blindfold them again and do it again and again and again. For our little white lie Amen. for our little sin Amen. sin do you know that's really probably the, the least of all the things that you can go to hell for sin it's called missing the mark right. sin can be something you've done that is wrong killing stealing lying uh uh, taking your neighbor's wife or husband. I mean, it could be something big like that, but it could be a little lie. It could be playing with the devil's toys. 
Could be listening to the devil's music. Watching his programs. Come on. You don't have to go out there and be a hardened criminal to be a hardened sinner. He shed his blood for us. Paul, in his writings, he said, I'm the chief of sinners. I don't know about you, but I think I'd argue with him. Hello? I hate missing the mark. I hate failing God. Do you hate it? My wife may not think so, but when she and I I get a little grumpy at her. Doesn't that sound so nice? <laughs> grumpy. I hate it. Yes. Not because of her. Because of me. Right. Huh? Don't you know husband's a soft word? Yes. You know, turn it the way wrath. Right. Huh? Let our words be apples of gold and right. and uh Pictures of silver? Shouldn't we give good words instead of always bad words? Mean words? Degrading words? But His blood was shed for all of it. All of it. Um... A little pastoral speech to you. Almost two weeks we were out of church. And there were some of you I wasn't sure if I'd see back in church the next time we had church. Right. Two weeks? You can't wait two weeks? You can't hold on two weeks? The blood of Jesus Christ came to seek and to save. That salvation is just being part of a church family. It is knowing Jesus. If you're the last Christian on earth, you probably heard these things before. If you're the last Christian on earth, would you hold out for him? Or would you just go with the crowd? You know? You know why the, the church, by and large, in America, and I say that with uh, italics, over on the church in America is going so far away from Christ? It's because they just follow on one another. And blind leaders will lead the blind into the ditch. Huh? Well, let's make it easier on people, folks. If you'll love people, it will be easier on them. Come on. The blood. The blood. I've got to finish this up. I've got to finish this up. <clears throat> Hebrews 9 and 12. Neither the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood, He entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean 
sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh. I know Paul in the next chapter says, you know, but it did. It did. It did. That was God's solution for your sin. Was the killing of a dove or a lamb or a bull or a pigeon. Huh? That was the sacrifice for sin. But the difference was, it wouldn't change you. I don't know about you, but I don't want to fulfill the uh, definition of insanity. You remember the definition of insanity? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again and expecting the same result. I'm sorry, different result. Because you end up getting the same result. Thank you. It's important. I don't want to be insane. And I don't want to be a sinner. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God and purged your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Teresa, come get us a song. Come get us a song. Paul also writes in one particular place about those who trample under their feet the blood of Jesus Christ. Folks, don't do it. Every time you willfully sin, come on. Well, now, Brother Jeff, the Bible said if they willfully sin, yeah, it does say that. It does say that, but it also talks about those that can't come back are those that have gone all the way with Christ. A lot of you haven't gone that far. Some of you haven't gone near as far as you thought you were going in Christ. Huh? So if you willfully sin, you trampling on that blood. You might have been, well been one that walked by and spit on Jesus while He was on the cross. Or mocked Him. Huh? Every time you sin, remember sin's the smallest of them. That's falling short. That's missing the mark. Huh? And you do it willfully. Don't do it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Our, Our world is so hardened. So many church people are so hardened. Oh, well, I'm as good as he is. Oh, I'm doing better than so and so over there. Can I tell you something? When you do that, all you're doing is hardening your own heart. Instead, you need to say, Am I as good as the Bible? Am I as good as what Jesus is called? Huh? God wants us to draw closer, folks. I cannot tell you. But there may come another time we may have to go two weeks without having church. 
Hello? If you were in, what was it, Minyard? Myanmar, Burma. Yeah, yeah, Burma. I'm from Burma. I didn't pronounce that. If you were in Burma, you haven't been in church in years. It's against the law. The blood. You know, the blood, I've learned this through experience, folks. I can't quote you Bible in verse, but I've learned that the the blood of Jesus will wash every part of you that you allow. Amen. Ever tried to wash maybe a shirt you got from Goodwill and it'd have a spot on it and just be the same place they put the sticker on that said how much it was and you wash it and you forgot to take that sticker off. Huh? It's still just as dirty under that sticker as it was. Whatever we are covering, whatever we are not allowing Jesus to deal with in our lives, we need to pull that sticker off and we need to say, Jesus, wash me, purify me. Go like David did. Lord, if there be any wicked way in me, reveal it unto me. Sometimes we are so blind to ourselves we cannot see our sin or our failure. But I want to tell you this. I want to tell you this. That blood will wash. Woo! That blood will change. It will make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. That blood, Brother Robert, after you've been washed, you can see the kingdom of God. Yes. You can see Christ and His ways. We just need the blood of Christ. Let's stand all across the house. I want to remind the saints that if you failed God, Even just a little thing, grunt, grunt, or whatever, you got to ask for that blood again. Amen. Come on. Yeah, but I heard a preacher say, once the blood, you're always covered. It's not like that. One little sin. I always imagined it like a stream of blood. And all those who are saved are plunged underneath that stream. But for us to sin, we have to come out of that stream. Come on. So you got to be back in that stream to still be a child of God. Man, help me, Lord. I remember reading about a great preacher of years gone by and he got to where he was drinking and committing adultery he'd even tell the adulterous woman said I still feel God it's a lie it's a lie 
you got to realize when you sin, you are separated from Him. Children, when you disobey mom and dad, you have sinned. And most of you, I'd say most of the ones that are in here right now, maybe one or two uh, wouldn't qualify, but y'all know what it is to be right. You know what it means to disobey God. That means you're going to be held accountable in judgment. We need the blood. That precious blood. There's been times I prayed for people and I said, Jesus, I plead your blood upon them one more time, Lord. You ever plead the blood over yourself? Huh? I'm going to tell you something. The blood's the answer. That precious blood that was shed upon Calvary is the answer. Jesus' blood. That perfect blood. That sinless blood. That blood like no other blood ever in mankind. That one for us. So here, this morning, I want to invite each one of us to come. Been preaching a good bit from Paul. He's the one that also said, examine yourself whether or not you be in the faith. So won't you come? Examine yourself. Thank the Lord for that precious blood. Amen. And if you need it, apply it again. He only shed it one time, but sometimes we need to apply it more. Come on, let's pray.